Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fontan with a Future podcast. My name is Taylor, and I'm a medical student living with a single ventricle heart. Join me as I explain Fontan physiology, explore new congenital heart disease research, and share about my experience as a patient and doctor in training. In this episode, I will be talking about the Fontan physiology and why hydration is so important. I will also be talking about some tips and tricks that I've learned along the way to keep myself well hydrated and feeling good throughout the day. Before we begin, the information in this podcast is not medical advice. It's important to consult your physician before making medical and lifestyle decisions that may affect your health. Hey everyone, welcome back to another week of the Fontan with the Future podcast. I took a little break last week, but I'm coming back and I'm super excited to announce that I'm going to be launching a new series starting with this episode where I talk about things specific to Fontan physiology, but in reality can be applied to a lot of different situations. I'm hoping to cover topics like nutrition, exercise, sleep, and mental health. Today, I want to start out by talking about what I think is one of the most important topics in the world of Fontan health, and that is hydration. Obviously, everyone knows that it's important to stay hydrated, and obviously this can be a struggle for a lot of people, especially when we're busy, we're running around, it's hot outside, there's a lot going on. However, in the Fontan patient population, Staying hydrated is especially important due to how our physiology works. If you remember from some of my past episodes, the Fontan circulation essentially consists of a single pumping ventricle that pushes blood from the heart out to the body. All of the venous blood that is returning to the heart returns passively by dumping directly into the pulmonary arteries from the superior and the inferior vena cava. As you can imagine, it's difficult for blood to travel against gravity from our legs to return to our hearts. Fortunately, with muscle contraction, moving around, and having valves in our veins that prevent blood from flowing backwards, blood is eventually able to overcome gravity to make it back to our hearts. This is still more difficult compared to someone who has two working ventricles. When you have a ventricle that's able to pump venous blood into the lungs, it reduces some of the pressures that the venous blood has to overcome to return to the heart. Without that pumping chamber pushing blood to the lungs, there's much more pressure against the return of the venous blood. In situations where we're dehydrated, the volume of our blood, or the amount of blood that is pumped around through our bodies, is decreased. This means there is less blood available to be pushed up from our legs back into our heart. This then means that there is less blood in the heart to be pumped out to the rest of the body. As you can imagine, this can lead to symptoms of feeling dizzy or lightheaded, maybe even passing out. The heart has an interesting property in that as more blood flows into the ventricle, it stretches the walls of the ventricle, and this eventually makes the ventricle pump stronger and harder 
It might seem a little counterintuitive at first, but I like to think about it this way. If you blow up a balloon, but you only put a little bit of air in it, when you squeeze the balloon to let all the air out, it's not very forceful. However, when you put a ton of air in a balloon and then you start pressing against the balloon, it generates a lot of force and pushes a lot of air out. This is kind of what it's like with the heart. So, applying all this information to the Fontan circulation, if venous blood is only returning to the heart passively, it's important to have a large volume of blood in our bodies so that a large amount of blood can make it back to the heart in order to stretch the ventricle to generate a strong, forceful pump. We call this amount of blood entering into the ventricle before the ventricle pumps preload. So when I say Fontan patients need to stay hydrated, what I'm really saying is Fontan patients need to increase their preload so that they have a more effective circulation. I know that was a lot of information, so thank you for sticking with me. I'm now going to move into some more practical tips and tricks and advice when it comes to staying hydrated in a Fontan patient. Those were the mechanics, now this is the practical side of things. Obviously, everyone knows that dehydration causes issues. It makes us feel sick, it can cause low blood pressure, we can feel dizzy, sometimes we can feel really nauseous and weak. I know personally I had an experience with some severe dehydration when I was around 10 or 11. It had been a heat wave at the beach and I had just gotten a boogie board. So I was out in the water all week with very little fluid intake. By the end of the week, if you can imagine, I was pretty dehydrated. It got to the point where I was so nauseous I couldn't eat anything and I got so weak that I could barely walk. When we got home from vacation, my parents had to take me to the hospital and I had to get IV fluids. Fortunately, after the fluids, I felt much better and was able to bounce back. But it was a pretty scary and important reminder that hydration is very important and the situation can change very quickly. So when it comes about staying hydrated and drinking fluids, it's important to note that every body has a different amount of fluid it requires. This can depend on your age, your weight, the types of foods you typically eat, your activity level, and many other things. For some patients with CHD who might be struggling with fluid overload, it's important to be careful and talk to your doctor specifically if they have any fluid restrictions or concerns for you. One quick and easy way to check whether or not you're dehydrated is none other than checking your urine. I know this might sound kind of funny or gross, but actually the color of your urine is a really good indicator of how hydrated you are. Typically, if you're hydrated and you're drinking enough water, your urine should be clear or very pale yellow. If you wake up in the morning and your urine is dark, that means it's time to start drinking water right away. Another indicator of whether or not you're dehydrated is whether or not you feel thirsty. However, it's important to note that our sensation of thirst happens after we already become dehydrated. Meaning, by the time you start feeling thirsty, you're already behind on your fluid intake. It takes a little bit of time for the body to send us that signal. As someone who has struggled with dehydration all my life and is not always the first person to drink water, 
there's a few things that I've learned and done that have been really helpful for me in continuing to increase my fluid intake. First and foremost, I think it's so important for everyone to have their own designated water bottle. This means that you can keep track of how much you're drinking throughout the day, how many times you refill it, etc. I think it's also nice to have a water bottle with a straw. I know for some people, straws are not a favorite, or if you have little kids, may not be a good option. But straws help you kind of passively intake more fluid than you think. They've actually done some pretty interesting studies that show if you drink using a straw, you end up drinking more fluid than you might have otherwise if you didn't use a straw. It's also important to establish the amount of water you're drinking early in the day. For instance, when I wake up in the morning before I drink anything else, I try to make sure I drink a full cup of water. This kind of establishes what I like to call positive water balance right off the bat, so I don't have to be playing catch up all morning. It's also important to talk about what we should drink. What counts as hydration? Obviously, water is a good option, but our bodies actually require solutes or electrolytes or sugars to effectively absorb fluid that we take in. Typically, when we drink water, if we don't have extra salts or things lying around, it's actually really hard for the body to absorb. It can simply pass through our intestines and be excreted. While our intestines are pretty effective at absorbing most water we take in, when we eat salt or things with other electrolytes, the intestines absorb those things first, and then those solutes draw water in, helping increase absorption. This is why a lot of times we see people endorsing sports drinks like Gatorade. Those added electrolytes increase the effectiveness of our body's fluid absorption. This doesn't mean you need to sit around and drink sports drinks all day. In fact, some sports drinks can have a lot of added sugar that is not necessary. However, it's important to note if all you ever drink is water, 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 and your soul may be feeling a little bit dehydrated, it might be worth a shot of trying something different. I drank Gatorade for a really long time, and when I'm really not feeling well, it's still my go-to drink. However, there's some other drinks I also really like because they're a little bit healthier and have a little bit of a lower sugar content. For example, I really like Body Armor. It's another type of sports drink, but it has a coconut water base and is a little less artificial and has a little less sugar than Gatorade. Also, just plain coconut water is really great too. Again, it has natural electrolytes and typically doesn't have any added sugar, which is awesome. Sometimes I'll even just add a squirt of lemon or lime to my water, and that can be really helpful as well. If I don't have any fancy sports drinks or things like that, sometimes even eating a salty snack with water can be super helpful at kind of boosting my hydration. There's actually a quick and dirty way to make your own electrolyte solution at home if you don't have any Gatorade or Pedialyte or anything around. All you have to do is mix a liter of water with six teaspoons of sugar and half a teaspoon of salt. Again, something great to make if you're feeling dehydrated and you're in a pinch. Everyone is different and everyone has different preferences, but it's important to realize the body needs something a little extra to help absorb water. It's also important to note that drinks like soda don't really count towards our hydration. There's a lot of sugar and other products that really don't help replete our fluid stores. It's important to be getting the majority of your hydration from water 
or drinks with extra electrolytes. I also want to make a special note for all of my coffee drinkers out there. I love my coffee. I know you love your coffee and probably think you can't live without it. I always make a rule for myself when I have coffee that for every cup of coffee I drink, I need to drink at least one cup of water. Coffee and some teas serve as a diuretic, meaning that they cause our bodies to lose free water. So essentially, even though it's a fluid, it can actually lead to dehydration. This doesn't mean that we have to take them out of our diet. It just means that we need to compensate by ensuring that we're still getting adequate fluids from other sources. Like I mentioned earlier, I always try to make myself drink a full cup of water in the morning before I even touch my coffee. Because I know once I start drinking my coffee, I'm going to be less interested in the water. And then it's going to be the afternoon and I'm going to be wondering why I feel so dehydrated. These are some of my major fluid tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and have really helped me feel better over the years. One of the last things I want to talk about is when we should be extra careful about our fluid intake. First and foremost, whenever we're sick, it's extremely important to stay hydrated. I know for many people this seems like common sense, but sometimes it can be hard when you're sick and maybe you don't really have an appetite or you're not really inclined to drink fluids. In those moments, that is when you need fluid the most. So make sure that you're being intentional about your fluid intake around those times. Another time when it's super important to drink is when you just sweat a lot. This could be either due to physical activity or being out on a hot day. When you sweat, you're losing a lot of free fluid and it's easy to get dehydrated very quickly. If you finish that workout or you come inside after a hot day, you need to make sure you're drinking. In fact, you should be drinking throughout your workout or all during the day when you're outside in the heat. You would be surprised how quickly you can get behind on your hydration and how soon you start to feel sick and dizzy. Be intentional and advocate for yourself in these times to make sure that you are keeping up with your fluid requirements. This podcast might seem like it's pretty common sense. Not super groundbreaking, just drink more water. But I cannot emphasize to you enough how much of a difference it makes, especially if you have Fontan circulation. There have been so many times where I felt weak or sick or dizzy, and I didn't want to admit that it was really just because I did not have enough water to drink that day. It really can change the whole day around when you adequately hydrate yourself and fuel yourself for what you need to do. Obviously, staying hydrated does not fix everything. And if you are seriously feeling short of breath, sick, dizzy, etc., it's important to reach out to your cardiologist. But first and foremost, check with yourself. Did I drink enough water today? Have I been adequately hydrating myself? Was my urine clear this morning or do I really need to get more fluids into me? All these things can make a difference in the long run. My hydration regimen is far from perfect and I'm constantly working on new ways to make sure I'm getting enough fluid. However, this is one of the things that we can control about CHD to make us feel the best we can feel day in and day out. Again, if you're on a diuretic or you're having problems with fluid retention, Be very careful about your fluid intake and consult your doctors before you start drinking tons of water. Your body may not necessarily be able to handle the same amount of fluid as someone else. 
If you have experienced something similar or have any other tips and tricks about hydration, I would love to hear from you and learn about your personal experiences. Remember, drinking fluid and staying hydrated is increasing our preload, which helps our heart beat more effectively. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bontan with the Future podcast. My name is Taylor, and I hope you will join me next week to hear more about CHD. If you want to reach out or learn more, follow me at Bontan with the Future on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again. Hope to have you listening next week.